This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go! Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. So exciting, people. And you know how I know it's week 14 and it's the holiday season? Eh? The studio we sit in looks like Santa's workshop. And B, I saw a traffic cop tell a bus driver where to go this morning walking into the office. Welcome was, back to New York. It was something. He's, his <laughs> arms are in the air. It was F this and F that. I go, all right. It is happy holidays. How are you, Boomer? Happy holidays, Mike. <laughs> and welcome back to New York. You know what? I got to tell you. Thinking about where we are in the NFL season, most teams have five games left to go, if not all the teams do, except for, obviously, the Patriots and the Steelers who played Thursday night. You know, this is the sweet spot of the season. This is where you make your run, and this is where teams come out of the blue and make it into the playoffs. And because the Pittsburgh Steelers lost a game to the 2-10 and 10 Pats and the 2-10 and 10, uh, Cardinals, now all of a sudden everybody behind them feels emboldened yeah. that they can actually make a run to the playoffs. Yeah, and and I'm on, we're going to have a quick word on that game because we have so much to get to, and we have an advanced preview with five games to go. We always do the boomies in the playoffs. We're going to do an advanced preview of the boomies, and I've added some awards to the list. All we'll right. We'll talk about it. we got the picks. Quick note on Thursday Night Football. Why, again, are the officials at the center of this? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, the Patriots only had one penalty called against them, and uh-huh. I guess – I guess there were, or or the Steelers was. The Steelers had one penalty called against them, and the Patriots had seven called against them. And it's just really when they're called, this is why they become in you know center stage. If you I will. know a snap infraction, essentially, come on, I that mean, was ridiculous. What actually. are we doing? That that's ticky tacky without question. So here's I think what goes on, Mike. I think the NFL pays attention. They pay attention every single week, and they pay attention to the reaction by the fans on social media and by people like you and me who right. get a chance to talk about it. And I also think that they've tried to kind of get the officials to think like football players, like is if you are playing the game, does this really play mean something? Now, if you wanted to look at that Chiefs and Packers game, you could say there was missed calls in that game. The, uh, you think? Right. But, again, I think the officials are being told, try to let the fellas play some ball here and let yeah. them go out there and see if they can to do that. And, and sometimes now these officials are going to be wrong on the other side by not calling me. Yeah. Overall, I think it's it, – it, how do I put this politely because it is the holidays? I think we're lacking consistency, and I think we're lacking some quality. 
NFL officiating has to be better. This is the best league in the world. This is the best sport in the world. Guys got to be a little bit better here. So I've talked to referees who have since retired who have said the same thing that you just said. Okay. That the quality of the officiating has gone down. And that's just because of the lack, I think, the lack of qualified candidates, to be honest with right. you. Right, who wants to do the job? It's not an easy job by no. any stretch of the imagination. Nobody says it is, especially for those of us who sit at home and get to watch it in slow motion and know what the call should be Truth. right away. Uh, let's get to the rundown. The NFL Rundown. Never have I been more excited to do the rundown here. Because one, one little show told you that the Niners are going to bully the bullies. We got to start with it. To me, Boomer, that's the most impressive singular win of the season league-wide. Yeah. Agreed? You know, it, yeah, yes, and it didn't start out that way for the Niners offense who only had three plays, I think, in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden it kicked into high gear. And, you know, Brock Purdy is right there uh, with uh, Tua Tungavailo, with Dak Prescott, I think with Tyree Kill, right all there at the MVP level. Uh, he's playing quarterback exceptionally well. And, you know, the beauty is is that when he, McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel are on the field, they're 16-0 and 0 together, and they've scored 529 points. Think about Jeez. that for a second. That is ridiculous. And, you know, it takes a guy to stand back there and be the orchestrator or the orchestra. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm I'll say. I'll go with it. He's orchestrating the offense. Yeah, that works. So uh, he's the lead, the head guy, and somebody's got to make those throws. But, man, Debo making people miss. You can't tackle that guy in the open field. You know what it is, That's though, what's amazing. The mark, of, the mark of a great team to me, there were, there were two moments in that game, Boomer. Obviously, coming back from 6 nothing, you storm back. But the Eagles answered twice, and the Niners went, here's the deal. You're going to eat pizza. And what I mean by that is we're going to run the ball to the left side. We're going to run behind Trent Williams. And you will do nothing to stop it. And they did it again and again and again. And then, boom, what you just said. Little seven yard pass to Debo. Let him make magic. That that is the undeniable. They're the only team in the league to me that can tell you what they're going to do, and they're still going to do it. So two things that you uh, deserve credit for. You said that you felt like the Eagle defense on the second level was going to have problems. Uh, a couple of these passes that Debo broke were either at the line of scrimmage or in the middle of the second level, and he right. broke those tackles. Right. Hence the problems that you predicted. The other thing that I think we both felt like going into the game uh, last week was that, you know, the Niner defense was going to have something to say about this. Yeah. And I really do feel like they're one of the better tackling teams in the NFL. I worry about their secondary a little bit, but I have to say the, the match within the match, which was won by Lay Johnson, I don't care what anybody says, against Nick Bosa. He won that match. Lane's unbelievable. He is a great football player. He was playing hurt. Always plays hurt. That's he, the thing. Right. And he you don't realize just how good he is until you see him up against one of the best pass rushers in football. To me, Lane Johnson won his battle. He did. It's just that the defense for the Philadelphia Eagles basically collapsed and couldn't tackle. All right, Philly, let's bring it up. Because I think we're we're in alignment. This is if the Niners don't win the Super Bowl this year, I, I you're not getting it done. This is their year. They better get it done. The Eagles have real problems, Boomer. And, I mean, I'll, here, I'll foreshadow. I'm taking Dallas. I, I think the Eagles have real problems. Is there a fix? I, you know, this late in the season, I don't think that there is. I mean, you know, it's amazing. We're, they're a 10-2 team, and they've had a great run, and they, they've been the number one team in the NFC since the beginning of the season. So, I just feel like uh, all of a sudden they've hit a road bump. The 49ers hit their road bump earlier yeah. in the year. Right now the Philadelphia Eagles are in the midst of it because they played Buffalo and Josh Allen. 
They played Brock Purdy and San Francisco, and now comes Dak Prescott and the and the Cowboys in their building, where they are a completely different team. And I was writing something down. I think the Cowboys have scored uh, 49, 33, 45, and 41 points in the last four weeks. Now, those are against bad teams, maybe with the exception of the Seattle Seahawks, but they're not a great Mediocre. team. So they, they've really beaten up on some bad teams. And I do think that this Eagle defense is a bad team now all of yeah, a sudden. They're not good. So up front, I, they're I, okay. But remember, you can run on them. Here's the other thing. I know I know. listeners will probably get annoyed when I say this. Yes, Bill Parcells, you are where your record says you are. They should have lost to the Cowboys first time. And and if if Valdez Scantling didn't have milk cartons for hands, they lose <laughs> to the Chiefs. Right, exactly. So I, I understand. You are what your record says. How about that Buffalo game? An- another one. Yes. So I look at it and I go, they easily could have four or five losses already. So, uh, Boomer, I'll tell you – I'm almost ready if Dallas wins this week, and I think Dallas, you got to move them above Phil. I think Dallas well, yeah, wins well, the East. Well, the thing that's really shocking is the fact that the Eagles have given up 76 points over the last yeah. two weeks. Now, they were two good offensive teams, San Francisco and Buffalo, but, man, to give up that many points yeah. back-to-back in your building. By the way, they were playing home in both of these games. Oh, I know, because we had Dom DeSandro all over the team. Yes, we did. I, I mean, boom, enough. <laughs> enough. So let me go a little inside football here. You can't do anything at the vet on the field without Dom DeSandro knowing about it. He is the head of security. He got himself embroiled into what is unfortunately a bad situation. It's a bad look. There was another memo that went out about personnel on the sideline that are not in uniform, that are not attached to the team, specifically as coaches or players or trainers. And there is a memo that went out, and I'm sure that the Eagles will get fined for this, but he is the man in Philadelphia, and make no mistake about it. I'm aware. Listen, you're, you know, this game was intense, man. I know, but this I don't need— This had revenge. This was—the the guys were jawing at each other the whole way, and I know Dom is right in the middle of it. I don't need you getting with Dre Greenlaw, okay? Relax. And if you ask me, he did the Eagles a favor. He did. That's a great trade. It's a great trade. I love that Secu- trade. Head of security for all pro linebackers. Yes. Great trade. <laughs> Packers. I thought they'd play well. I couldn't predict them to win. I want to go through this. First of all, Jordan Love, you as the former quarterback, what are you – I feel like it's real. It is real. You know, that uh, performance against Kansas City uh, the other night was really good, really special. And with 10 weeks to go in the season, if you remember, GM Brian Gutenkus basically said, we got 10 games to find out who our quarterback is because he was asked a direct question about Jordan Love's development. And all of a sudden now he's 4-1 and one in his last five, 3-0 and oh in his last three. In his last three, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. And two of these throws that he makes against Kansas City, one on fourth and one, and the other one for a touchdown at the back of the end zone to Watson, were beautiful throws. He stayed in the pocket. He read the defense, knew exactly where he was going, and dropped the balls right where they had to be thrown. To me, that's a kid that finally is getting it, understanding it, and he's gotten better as the season's gone on. So I think they're a real team, and this could be one of those teams that comes out of the pack, that's been struggling pretty much, you know, three-quarters of the season up to this point, and now all of a sudden it's pedal to the metal time, and they got the Giants on Monday night. So they have to win the Monday night game, and the next thing you know, they're going to be right back in the playoff mix, and don't be surprised to see them traveling on playoff weekend. Yeah, and I, Boomer, I, maybe it's an overreaction, but I, I saw it firsthand what they did to the Lions on Thanksgiving. You watch what they did to the Chiefs. They're getting healthier, right? Devondre Campbell got back in the lineup. Shire Alexander, Boomer. I, you I could don't... have a you could have a three six matchup 
in the playoffs yeah. with the Packers visiting the Lions. I told my listeners in Detroit, you don't want that. No, you don't want that. You do that. not want that. And, and here's the last piece to it. Yep. They're calling the way that this thing looks. This is what LaFleur always wanted to do. You couldn't do it. He had to make concessions to Aaron. This is now his offense, and you start. it all makes sense now. And all the secondary weapons, that's a credit to both LaFleur and Love, where Wicks, Jaden Reed, you know, all these secondary guys, it, it I got to tell you, I'm really impressed. I will say that Aaron had his guys in Green Bay. A lot of these yeah. guys weren't his guys. Yeah. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. It ended ugly in Green Bay. He made it difficult on everybody there except for a couple of his buddies. And now finally there's a breath of fresh air. Looks there's right. a young quarterback that's listening to his coach, not getting in the way, not being an impediment of growth to younger players. And they're blossoming. And, and they are blossoming right before our eyes. Chiefs, um, are they more vulnerable than than anyone's willing to admit? You believe this, that Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road outside of the Super Bowl, which is a neutral site. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to go on the road. I don't see how they're gonna get the number one seed. I mean, look, he's the greatest player in the game today. He's an awesome, you know, he can he can beat anybody yeah. any any given day, but he just doesn't have the same type of people around him other than Travis Kelsey. And even Travis is a little bit distracted. I mean, you would be distracted too. Yeah, but if, I, you, if you had that going on in your personal life. Look, it's one of those deals. It's week 14. You kind of are what you are. I, I've waited three months now for them to, quote, get it right on offense. I said to you last week, they're a defensive football team. It's uncomfortable to think about it. They're going to have to win games 20 to 17. Yeah, you know what I like? I like the way the Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Tua Tungavailoa are playing the, form, the position I used to play. And the way they're playing it is drop back, read a defense, get rid of it. When I watch Patrick, I watch Jalen Hurts, I watch a couple of these other quarterbacks, Josh Allen is doing it too. There's a lot of hero ball. There's not a lot of like quick decision-making, yeah. getting the ball out of my hand and let my playmakers go do the, the playmaking for me, maybe because he doesn't have quite the playmakers that he used to have. Right. And they won a Super Bowl with this group, by the way. I know. Which is really amazing. It was but, a, and their defense miracle. is better than it was last year. Uh, Sean McDermott, I, look, I, th- th- this is something to me. You know, I was talking with – Mr. Eddie Scazzeri, the legend earlier, you know, who was sitting on this for four years? So McDermott, a 20,000 word piece uh, in a team meeting. He's been forced to address it. He, he talked about team building and organization and of all the things he could use. He didn't use Normandy. He didn't use like, remember the Titans. He used 9-11. I mean, but Boomer, here's my question. I mean, are we at a point this guy's going to lose his job for, for this? I hope not. I mean, I, I lost over 200 friends on 9-11. You know that my, Foundation offices were in the North Tower on the 101st floor, and while it is insulting, it's 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 not something that a, a man should lose his job over. I don't know what the context, the total context of why he brought this up. It, it's like bringing up, you know, the Holocaust. I mean, like, why do you bring up Hitler? Why do you bring up the Holocaust? Why, why would you bring up anything about that unless you were truly being, a, you know, saying something negative about that, which right. is what we all should be saying. So, I, you know, Sean McDermott is a quality guy, quality coach, bad choice, and I don't even know how it even gets out of the meeting. Well, that's my – there's, there's a couple things. Like, I get so tired of cancel culture. To, to err is to be human. Like, he made a bad choice. Noted. It was stupid. Also noted. But my thing is, it, I don't understand how a mistake – cost you your job when you make a a bad choice of word yes you can apologize for it you move forward i 
I can't sit here and tell you he should be fired for this. I can tell you he probably should be fired for wasting the Bills Super Bowl window and ever employing Leslie Frazier. That's my opinion. That's a different story. Right. I mean, that, that's legitimately looking at the football program. I don't know how this story gets out. Two apologies this week, one from him and one from another guy we'll get to really quickly here. But this apology, I believe, is sincere. I believe Sean's a very genuine person and a great football coach and he's not going to lose his job over this specific reason. All right, let me tell you about, well, and look, we're going to get to the picks. We got a lot more to do. We didn't even get to the true or false section. We were so verbose to open I, the I, show. I would just say this really quickly because I know you got to get to that. The other apology is from Joe Beningo here locally with Rob Sala on, on the phone uh, or on the radio show, God. just basically exposing all of Rob Sala's text messages to him. I think he sincerely apologized this week. And I want to say that I accept, I feel like I accept his, his apology. I just hope that Rob Sala, his buddy, accepted it. All right, let me tell you about Casamigos. Smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas. The Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos. Brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, we are back with you. Segment two, and it is time. We'll get to the picks. We got the boomies later, the advanced preview. Um, This week is going to be very difficult, Boomer. Very difficult. A lot of backup QBs. A lot of teams looking like they're packing it in for the year. We'll get into it, but be ready. You're going to be using both these vetoes. All right, I'm ready to roll. Let's hit the picks. Picks of the week. So let's start this out. Texans laying three and a half, taking on the New York football Jets. I'm going to keep it simple. I told you last week I was not picking the Jets ever again. I'm not going to pick them here. The Texans, even without Tank Dell, still have more than enough at wide receiver to be able to put up the numbers they put up. Inclement weather is expected on Sunday. I don't know how windy it will be during the game. After the game, they're saying very high windy day. If that comes in earlier, it could affect this game from both standpoints. But Zach Wilson back under center, I don't really care. I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, and that, and, and we stayed away from that because we've done too many Zach Wilson segments over the last year and a half. But, yeah. my God, the idea that he's starting again and then the reluctance factor. I'll tepidly go Texans, but, boy, I don't I don't like anything to do with that game. Atlanta laying two and a half against the Bucks. Yeah, you know, Atlanta, again, came here last week. I saw the Desmond Ritter that I did not want to see. It wasn't great. He did throw a nice touchdown pass. But, you know, this is a, this is a team that's really unique, and it's weird. They got a lot of good players. They just can't gener- generate enough offense. 
But I also feel like they know what they're playing for. They're playing for the the lead in the NFC South, which they have. They want to hold on to. I'll take the Falcons and lay the point. It's such a difficult spot for me because it's division. It's late in the year. I usually opt for the dog. I, I hated, hated Tampa's performance against Carolina last week. I mean, I, I yeah, congrats. You won. It was hideous. Yes. I'll go Atlanta, but I'm violating my code. I don't like Arthur Smith as a favorite. Lions, weather expected in this game. Lions laying three and a half, travel to the Bears. You know, the Lions have a real hard time stopping Justin Fields from running all over the place. He just kills them with his legs. I do not like where the Lions' defense is. I don't like the injuries that they have sustained, especially along the defensive line. Um, They are the better team. It is outdoors, however. I'm going to take the Bears and... I'll take the points. Yeah, and, and one note, I mean, Boomer referenced it. Aleem McNeil is not a name a lot of people know, but if you look at the handful of the best defensive tackles in football this season, the Aaron Donalds, the Quinnen Williams, the Dexter Lawrences, Aleem McNeil is right there. He's on IR. Then you factor in it's Jared Goff and those tiny little hands outside. <laughs> it's a thing. Jared Goff's done a hell of a nice job, but Jared in the weather is bad. You know, it's amazing. Radio is great because we have to talk about it in real time and we have to react to things that we see. Three weeks ago, we're talking about Detroit. Are they a legitimate Super Bowl? I know. You know, uh, Guilty. You know team. And I'm, well, I told you back then that they weren't because I felt like their defense Correct. wasn't. And that, that's kind of shown itself now the last two games. And the defense has gotten worse. Boomer, I'm ta- I'll take the three and a half. I'm taking the Bears. Okay. Uh, Browns. Laying three against the Jags. If you had Joe Flacco versus, uh, what, what is CJ it, C.J. Beathard on your bingo board, you win. All right, so last year, Patrick Mahomes played with a high ankle sprain. We were all amazed at how well he played, how effective yeah. he was. Um, I'm wondering if Trevor Lawrence called up Patrick Mahomes and said, what did you do and how were you able to play with that? And I'm wondering if they talked. I would think that they did. Um, I, I can't confirm that, but I would hope that Trevor would reach out to him. Um, even if Trevor were playing in this game, I think the Browns need this one terribly. So did the Jags, for that matter, after losing to the Bengals on Monday night. Uh, I don't think that Trevor is going to be the effective Trevor, so I'm going to take the Browns here. Also, Christian Kirk. Yeah. You know, another injury. I, I just – I was so disappointed in the Jags. How do you get ripped apart by Jake Browning? And, I mean, it wasn't Jake Browning being decent. This was Jake Browning. He looked like Johnny Unitas. I, I just – I'll go Browns here, this defense, and I don't know what I'm getting from the Jags on offense. Give me the Browns. Colts laying a point and a half to the aforementioned Jake Browning-led Bengals. Yeah, so you're the Bengals, you're the Colts, you're the Bills, you're sitting there and you're watching Pittsburgh lose both to Arizona and to Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden you have a chance, you have a legitimate chance, and the Bengals are one of these 500 teams. Man, T. Higgins is back, he's healthy. Jamar uh, Chase looks like he's on a mission Joe Mixon had an unbelievable game against Jacksonville on Monday night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Bengals because I think they have a little bit of an uptick now, and they know that they have a quarterback that actually can do it. So I'm going to take the Bengals, and uh, I'll take the point, and I see the upset against the Colts. Yeah, and here's the other thing. Two notes. A, um, Shane Steichen's done an unbelievable job with Indy, so this is not slanderous. I mean, if you told me he's coach of the year, I wouldn't argue it. But the Colts, that was a miraculous win. Not one block punt, but two. Also injuring a holder, and you get a missed extra point out of it. It's crazy. I, I just, the Colts really had no business winning that game last week. I'm taking the Bengals. I can make an argument that when things like that happen, that's a special type of season that is unfolding. You ain't, <laughs> don't you dare, you ain't going to dare make that argument here. No, I won't. Okay, then. Ravens laying seven and a half, taking on the Rams. All right, so this is going to be a Baltimore. There'll be some weather here, too. I think yeah. it's going to be wet on the East Coast. 
Um, you know, Matthew Stafford was amazing last week. And Puka Nakua playing with a bad shoulder. He'll be back in the lineup again this week. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They man. are. And Matthew is not afraid to, to sling it all over the place. You know, I'm going to take the Rams and the points. Really? Yeah. Okay. Here's my issue with now, that. Now, you and I went through this Rams game last week. I you remember, almost had a nervous breakdown. I did, and I got the right. I got the right game. I, I got the right team. <laughs> it's hard for me because of the inclement weather, and there is inherent bias here, and I'm admitting my bias. Stafford outdoors, no bueno. All right, I'm changing. I'm changing. You got me changing. I witnessed this for over a okay. decade in Detroit. You don't have to change. You know, I'm, I'm changing. I can admit when I make a mistake. I'm not so egotistical that I, I think that I know everything because I don't know everything. I know a lot of things, but I don't know everything. And you could you, veto it. And yeah, I could veto, but the way you're talking about it is is really making me lean towards. Well, how do you know that I'm not vetoing it? Because the way you're talking. What if it's just a sales pitch? Well, it was a hell of a sales pitch, and I bought it. <laughs> we going with the Ravens? I'm taking the Ravens. All right, yes. Ravens. Um, Sorry, scones. Sorry about that. Saints. All you see back there is scribbles. <laughs> another uh, week, another Ram game, another meltdown uh, by Boomer. Guys, I don't <laughs> know what it is about the Rams, Another man. cranial collapse. <laughs> the Rams um, game. By him. the way, if Lamar Jackson wants to get himself back into the MVP conversation, yeah, gotta strong get it going five here. games here at the end of the year, take your team all the way to the top of the, uh, the AFC North and put up some big numbers, you'll be right back in the conversation. Saints laying four and a half against the Panthers. I'm not taking the Panthers the rest of the year. They screwed my buddy, so I'm taking the Saints. Uh, hold Except on. That. Pa- Panthers radioactive. Jets radioactive. Who, who else will you add to this list? Uh, well, we got a few more here. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily know. Yeah, there's one other one. I'm going to veto this. I cannot take a Dennis Allen-led team as a favorite. I can't, and I hated it. Their performance last week. I know Derek Carr got hurt. My God, Jameis. Alave's <laughs> wide open. Zzz, ball goes flying. Hey, look. I can't. I, I'm, I'm vetoing this and I'm pretending this game doesn't exist. Vikings laying two and a half traveling to Vegas. Boomer currently rubbing his forehead. This is exciting. Right, so I'm thinking about Brian Flores against Aiden O'Connell. That's what I'm thinking about. And pressure, I'm thinking about pressure, their pressure. defense getting all over this young man. This young man has actually stood tall. He's played really well, given the fact that he's a rookie. Um, I think, however, Joshua Dobbs is going to start for Minnesota, by the way. And Justin Jefferson is going to be back for Minnesota. So I'm going to take Minnesota, and I'll lay the two and a half. I'm with you. And here's the other thing. You got the Antonio Pierce bump when he first got the job. And I'll always love Antonio Pierce because he was a great giant here. But, like, I think the blooms off the rose a little bit. Reality sets in. The Raiders are just a bad football team. I'm going to take the Vikings. Niners, this is how you know it's December, and this is how you know they're awesome, laying 10-and-a-half in a divisional game against a wild-card caliber team in Seattle. Yeah, I just – I don't see Seattle's defense holding down this offense. I think this offense is rolling right now. It is smoking. I feel like they are on the mark, and they can just take apart any defense, even a defense within a division that they know each other. Any oh. emotional letdown here. That was that, a huge game last week. I know. They're men, not machines. I'm thinking that, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan recognizes this. I'm sure he has not taken the pedal off the metal. And, you know, here's a guy, by the way, who wanted his player, Christian McCaffrey, to break a record and kept him out on the field trying to help him break a record. That tells you this is a guy that never lifts his foot off the pedal. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take the 49ers and I'll lay the points. Yeah, and I can't argue. I if there's one team in football in a divisional game that's earned the right to lay ten points, it's San Francisco. They they are they look like a monolith. Uh Chargers laying two and a half against the Broncos. God. What? This is this is a tough one, man. What? Three and a half, I'm taking the Broncos, two and a half. You know, I feel like the Chargers are in so many six nothing last week. You gotta be kidding me. Although the Patriots defense, I have to say, the last four weeks has been pretty good. What about a veto? I think I'm gonna veto this one. If I had to go with it, I, I think I would go with I would go with the Chargers and I would lay the points. If you forced me to select this, it's probably the Broncos. Okay. My issue with this, too, for all the sunshine we're hearing about Russell Wilson, this team still can't score 20 points a game. Yeah, and plus he fell back into the Russell Wilson mm. kind of situation last week. He's another one. Like, he's always a secondary quarterback, meaning, like, very rarely does he just sit in there and just let it go. He always has to run around and make a play, and that's who he is. That's when they talk about letting Russ cook. That, but that's not the that's way like, you're supposed to like play That's like letting Russ act. Did you see the sandwich commercial? Yes, Please. I did. Yeah. Char- and the Chargers, you just played a 6 nothing football game. I couldn't go either way here. Uh, if you forced me, Broncos, Scones, it's a veto. Chiefs, Bills. Chiefs laying one and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills here. I think the Bills Ooh. will win outright. And I think Josh Allen is on a, a mission since Ken Dorsey got fired. The last two games by Josh Allen were vintage Josh Allen-type games, the way that he played in weeks two, three, and four before they went to London. So I think he's going to have a big game here. I know he loves playing against uh, Patrick Mahomes, loves playing at Arrowhead, so I'll take the Bills. Awful loss. Yep. Coming home against that defense. Yes. God. Scones, his level of conviction might get me to flip my pick here. I really thought this was a nice spot for the Chiefs. So you convinced him, allow him to convince you. All right. We're a couple of vacuum salesmen over here. <laughs> All right, Chiefs, it is. Uh, I'll take the bills. Right, okay. I'll go with it. I, 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 I can't believe this just happened. All right, Dolphins laying 13 to the Titans. I Welcome mean, to December, everybody. Right, exactly. Welcome to Will Levistein, who can't, you know, ever since his four-touchdown game, really hasn't done much. I know last week was a crazy game. That game was insane. It was nuts. And I don't know where they are now in their mindset with all the injuries that they've had. Obviously, the problems on special teams. I'm I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I'll lay the points. I think the Dolphins score 34 points in this game. Now, and plus, you and I have said it. Our mission is to get Eddie Scaseri to Miami for a home playoff game. Yes. We're speaking this into existence. Eddie, pack your bathing suit. Dolphins, lay the 13. Um, oh, this is so sad. Packers laying six and a half to what used to be the New York football Giants. Yeah, but the New York football Giants are great. I love the fact that Brian Dable has given Tommy DeVito another game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where this is. I don't know what he's all about. But I love the fact that these unknown players like Brock Purdy, Tommy DeVito, Aiden O'Connell, uh, guys like that. I mean, I, well, I just about appreciate Tyson the stories. Bajan? Yeah, but I, yeah, my man Tyson earlier in the <laughs> year. Your, I, you know, I love it. Boy. But I, I love stories like that because these guys are fighting. They love it. And Tommy DeVito had a chance. I found this out this week. He had a chance to sign with the Washington Commanders. When was this? Early on, you know, before the season started. But he took less money because he wanted to be in Jersey. And he wanted to be with the Giants. I'm taking the Giants and oh, the points. God. All right. Can I just say this before I pick the game? Yes. It doesn't make me a bad person. No. Can, can, can Tommy DeVito play well but just lose with dignity? Please. You want the high draft pick. Boomer, what choice do Giant fans have? 
their quarter. You know what? If you keep winning games, you know what your future is? Daniel Jones in a neck brace, week one. Okay, here's the They're going to have to wheel Daniel Jones out there. I, you can't. It's not well, fair. Well, here's the deal. You are a Giant fan. I am not. I appreciate the Giants. I respect the Giants and the Jets. But you're the fan, not me. So I look at things objectively. Uh, I think that you look know, at it objectively. What's better for the health of the franchise? Well, losing would be. Thank you. So, but I, I think they're going to cover. I didn't say they're going to win. I think they're going to cover. I'm getting six and a half points. All right, listen. So here's the deal, Chief. When you talk <sighs> like that, I know the Giant fan out there thinks that's coming from me, and I just get hammered. Like you hate the Giants. You hate the Giants. No, I don't well, hate you the played Giants. Played for the Jets. They're always going to say that. Yeah, but I don't hate the Giants. I respect the Giants as a, uh, you know as a franchise and everything else. But you know their last ten well, years. Well, then let him come great. after me. I hate the Giants, and I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> me. Yes. I need a quarterback. Tommy Cutlets. Stop it. Packers lay the six and a half. Blow the doors off this team. Boomer. Tell them what people are sipping on. <laughs> You're going to need some right now. I've had it. So what goes great with football? It's Casamigos Tequila. Of course, Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. So make sure you have plenty on hand for the Week 14 games. So whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal, it's Casamigos Tequila, our personal favorites. And it reminds all of our friends out there to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, no time to waste. We have a hell of a game to talk about, and we are going to do the Gallup poll version with five weeks to go in the season, a sneak preview of the year-end awards that we call the Boomies on this show. But first, best of the best. This week's best of the best. America's team. The Dallas Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point favorites as they welcome Dom DeSandro and the Philadelphia Eagles. Mr. Boomer, we have arrived at a point where it is Cowboys' statement time. How much does this game mean? Not only to the Cowboys and the season, but also to Dak. It's time. Yeah, this is you. Got to win this game. Look, Dak has played great this year. The last six weeks, he's been on point. We both felt like they should have won the last time these two teams met in Philadelphia. Uh, They're in a four-game heater right now, especially offensively. And he's found his Drew Pearson. He's found his Michael Irvin, and his name is CeeDee Lamb. And they are virtually impossible to stop. I think the Dallas Cowboys at home are completely different than they are on the road. And I know that they've beaten up on a lot of bad teams. Why is that, though, for one moment? What? The, the the splits are so different. Why is that? Well, I, I also think that it's the teams that they're playing against. You okay. know? So And they're playing against some bad teams. I mean, you know, you beat the Giants, you beat the Red, uh, the Commanders, you beat the Seahawks, who are a, an okay team but not a great team. So this is the real test for them. This is their test to put the, the, the stink of the 49er loss earlier in the season in the rearview mirror. And they got to come out, and they got to come flying. And I think they will be. I think their fans are going to be just fired up. And like I said, revenge spot for them. And look, they've scored 49, 33, 45, and 41 points in their last four games. As I said earlier in the show, the Eagles have given up 76 points to two good offenses in the last two weeks in their building. So you're going to sit here and tell me that there's any way that the Eagles are going to be able to keep this game close? I think the Dallas Cowboys will win this game. And I think they'll win this game going away. Maybe an, oh, by the way, touchdown for the Eagles at the end. But I do think that the Cowboys are at least scoring 31 points here. Yeah, and it's 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 a spot. Like, we talk about this all the time, guys. There's certain weeks and certain games. It's it's 
not a setup, but it's a it's a spot where one team is supposed to win that game. And Boomer just highlighted it. They're Cowboys at home, lying in wait. They're right here for it. Eagles, that's an incredibly physical game against the Niners. It's like in college, you play Alabama, they beat you twice. Play the Niners. They can beat you twice. So here's the Eagles. They're coming in off a 92-play defensive performance against Buffalo. Yeah. They play against San Francisco, who had 10 days prior to the game against the Eagles. And now the Eagles have to go to Dallas, where Dallas now has 10 days before they play the Eagles. It's a spot. I feel like the Eagles got set up here by the schedule makers. And you just hate to see it. Sorry, that's the Giants fan in me. (laughs) Um, I am taking Dallas laying the three and a half. And I think this game decides the East. Agree? Yeah, I do agree. And the other thing, Dallas does have a tough schedule finishing. But, you know, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are not healthy on offense. And they have not really had a, like I would say, a perfect offensive game. Like where they played solid for four quarters. There's a lot of hero ball being done. Um, you know, he had a bad first half against the Buffalo Bills. But showed why he's paid what he's paid. Because he put the team on his back to win that game in overtime. So, He's still, you know, the most important player for the Eagles. I just don't know if he's 100%. No, he's not. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks, man. I, I Even if it's this, he doesn't have that extra gear. He doesn't have the explosiveness. He can still move, and he can still get you the eight-yard first down. You know what we're not seeing? We're not seeing a 27-yard game. We're not seeing the explosiveness, and the passing game is not in rhythm. There's something missing there. Yeah, because he's not doing it on time. Like I told you, he's not sitting in the pocket and reading the defense and throwing it to open guys. Like I told you, I gave you three examples. Brock Purdy, Tua Tungabailoa, and Dak Prescott are all doing that or have been doing that. So that's what he needs to learn. And for some reason, uh, you know, he is bailing out of the pocket way too early on a number of pass plays. That's tragic. Just hate to see it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Hurts your heart. So we're both taking a count. I am. I just, I I think you've said it all. Let's go to the final word. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. So this is like a, a Gallup poll, if you will. This is a preview. With five weeks to go, we call it a stretch drive preview of the Boomies, which we normally reserve for the postseason. These are the Boomer Esiason Award Summer, serious summer, not I leave it to you to figure it out. They should be blatantly obvious. So let's start out right here, right now, MVP. Boy, I'll tell you what, I got five people in line for the MVP right now, and you don't need a last name to attach to their first name to know who they are. Tua, Brock, Dak, Tyreek, and CJ. That's right, CJ Stroud. He's right there with those guys. And for me, it's going to be a furious finish for all five of these players And that's where the MVP is coming out of one of these five players. I have a belief here. You may think this is wrong. If Tyreek, right now Tyreek's sitting at about 1,500 yards. I think he's got 1,480 or something like that, 12 touchdowns. If Tyreek Hill crosses 2,000 yards, I told you a few weeks ago Tyreek plus 5,000 was an interesting play there. Tyreek should be your MVP. Yeah, I mean, and he changes the game. There's no question about it. But somebody has to get him the ball. And somebody has to get other guys the ball. All right, so let me ask you a question. somebody's got to throw at 70% completion percentage. Hold on. And that's exactly what Dak, Tua, and Brock are doing. They're all at 70% completion percentage. That's pretty impressive. But when the receiver is open by seven yards. You should be able to hit him. That's all I'm saying. And I'm a Tua truther. I love Tua. Yeah. But 
I've never seen something like this guy. Yeah, I mean, he's special. But I also will put one other offensive player in here, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I was surprised you didn't have him. Well, I don't have him here, like, in the top five. I would put him, like, six, seven, somewhere in there, and maybe a defensive player uh, that, uh, you know, we'll see see what happens when the playoffs finish. But for me, anyway, the top five are the five I just gave you, and then Christian McCaffrey. I need you to pick one. I need the I need the Boomy Award. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. Oh come on! Oh, right does, now I'm going Brock Purdy. He does it again. He says it to hurt me, scones. That's what that is. All right, my vote would be Tyreek Hill. Okay. The Couch Potato Award is granted to the player who has shown the most egregious lack of effort in a singular moment this oh, season. Oh, Deontay Johnson, wide <laughs> receiver of the, the Steelers. That's easy. I mean, we all saw it. He saw it. He had apologized to his players, teammates. I don't know if it did any good watching him still. He looks like he's checked out. But how, how does that happen at this level? He's frustrated. He's not getting the ball. He doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball, doesn't like the offense, doesn't like his involvement in it. So he basically, you know, winds on the field by not playing, not showing effort. And I, it's also a reflection of Mike Tomlin, unfortunately, just dealing with the, these things without sitting a guy down and taking his uniform away from him and well, not and letting him play. It's a bit of a dirty secret, too, as they did it for years with A.B. Uh, uh, look, it's production intolerance, and I don't think he's that productive to be that tolerated. All right, the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, that would be C.J. Stroud, and that's an easy one. That it, it is. I mean, he is just amazing what he's doing. And, you know, he's going to play in clement weather on Sunday against the Jets, but I do think – He's far and away won the award already. He can miss the rest of the season. Can I offer you just an off-board, you know, like a, hey, thanks for coming. You're at the award ceremony, but you have no chance of winning it. Sam Laporta. Yeah, 100%. A great tight end for the Detroit Lions. It's had a fantastic season. Will continue to be, uh, you know, a big part of their offense. But C.J. Stroud's the quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. No, you want something fun historical-wise? Players in their first 12 games who have had at least – 50 catches, at least 625 yards, and at least eight touchdowns. It's Justin Jefferson, Anquan Bolden, Colston. Um, I'm spitballing here. It's the other Saint, Michael Thomas, and Sam Laporte. Wow. That's pretty, crazy. Pretty good company. And it CJ, is. believe me, CJ Stroud is in a lot of good company, too. No doubt. I just I wanted to shout yeah. out the tight ends. They yeah. don't get enough love. All right. All right. The Adam Gase Award, which is awarded to the person <laughs> who had either the most bizarre or ridiculous press conference oh. moment of the season. Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, I could probably go Bill Belichick anytime he loses. I could go Mike uh, uh, McDaniel anytime he walks in and says a joke and nobody laughs. But I think the intensity of one in particular would be that of Brandon Staley when they were asking him as to whether or not he was going to continue to calling the defensive uh, plays for the Chargers. I think it would be Staley, that moment of stop asking me that question. I'm calling the defense. Yeah, we know. You stink. Or McDaniel in Frankfurt, Germany, walking in and deadpanning the press pool with, I know, you thought I'd be bigger. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever, whatever yeah, he said. I, well, you could you could actually take any of the Mike McDaniel press conferences and put it up there because they're actually all uh, fascinating. Defensive rookie of the year. Got to be Jalen Carter of the Eagles, I believe. Maybe Devin Witherspoon, the defensive back uh, out in Seattle, has made some amazing plays. Eileen Witherspoon, just because he's not surrounded by all the awesome that Carter is up front with the Eagles, yeah. but Carter has been. Uh, it ain't a Bible to me, but it's a reference point. He is a top five defensive tackle on pro football. Well, when, you know you, you know what happened to him in college. He fell into the laps of the, uh, the Eagles. They took a chance. They always seem to take chance on players that have some issue in their life. 
here or there, but I will say that he has lived up to it. And, you know, you saw him running after Josh Allen a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, that's the lasting image that you have a 340-pound guy running after Josh Allen and well, was, almost getting it. It was twice in that game, too. Jordan Davis pulled it off as well. Yes, it he was did. crazy. Um, the game of the year. That Bills-Eagles game was pretty impressive. Back and forth they went. Quarterback, quarterback, making plays in the second half. Jalen Hurts finding his game. Overtime, uh, to me, that I feels like that would be the game of the year. And it's the most recent one that makes me feel that way. The I want these three hours back when I'm on my deathbed game of the year, meaning uh, worst singular use of three hours watching football this fall. Can I give you nine uh, hours of watching What is it, football? every Patriot game? Uh, yeah, it's basically <laughs> Indianapolis. They lose 10-6. to six. It was the Giants. They lose 10-7. to seven. Oh, And it was the Chargers. They lose 6 nothing. That was the three games in a row that they just lost right prior to beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. And all the rules are geared towards the offense. It's supposed to be easier to score. I mean, their defense has been amazing. It has. It has really been amazing, but their offense is just impossible to watch. The Hamburglar Award, given to the player just stealing money. Well, I got two guys on this list, but they both got hurt, so I feel bad about this. And that would be Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers. But they're both hurt. They're both being paid a lot of money. Uh, I was shocked that Daniel ended up getting $82 million from the Giants. Uh, I don't want to pick on guys that got hurt because, you know, you never know whether or not they can come back from either one of these injuries. But Aaron Rodgers is making enough money with his weekly spot with Pat McAfee, so I don't feel so bad for him. Fair. And, and look, Jones wasn't good when he was healthy. I mean, to, to be fair. I mean, these are big money guys, and I'm sure right, that there are a few you other want, guys. You want a stealing money award after his ridiculous comment about dominance? How about Evan Neal? Uh, yes, uh, he's he had some problems. I could also say Jordan Whitehead of the uh, – the the uh, the Jets who basically compared his defense to the '85 Bears, not not a not a good idea. Right. The this is the Boomer Esiason deal here. The I wish I started award to the league's best back. I'm not giving it to Tyson Bajan. I know you think that's that's where I'm going, but I'm going to go with Aiden O'Connell of the the Raiders. You know he won a couple games when Antonio Pierce took over. He's been out there the longest, and thus far he's accorded himself exceptionally well. Second on this list. But he started the season as a starter, but then came in as a backup would be Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, I, it was kind of a fake starter, though. It was like, hey, surprise, it's 24 hours before the year, and you're we, starting. Welcome. But he was starting for the Cardinals yeah. before he got traded to the Minnesota Vikings, where he didn't get into the game until Jaron Hall got hurt, and then he went in and won two games, Yeah, which was amazing. But I'm going to give it to Aiden O'Connell just because he's a younger kid. And uh, he knows not what he's he's okay. doing. Scones, do me a solid. I want you to save these. Five weeks from now, we come back and we give. We actually we're gonna have we're gonna have real awards. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna Noted. be sure. Swarovski Noted. crystals. All right, that is kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We are back with you next week. Week fifteen in the National Football League. Can't wait to do it. Talk to you then. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.